0: And now, the show that bridges the gap between faith and business. Welcome to Bottom Line Faith. Today's guest is Bill Slappy, president and CEO of Slappy Communications. If you took me, if you, if you made me an atheist, took me back in time when I started my business, I wouldn't do anything different than what I've done because I've learned that God's principles work. And here's the principle that I've learned works. Loving your customer as yourself works. I mean, it just does. It just
1: does all day long. And
0: I think it's like going the
1: extra mile. Well, hello, everyone. This is Ray Hilbert, your co-host for Bottom Line Faith. And I am on the road in Birmingham, Alabama. And conducting an interview today with Bill Slappy, the CEO and president of Slappy Communications. And folks, for those of you if this is your first time checking out Bottom Line Faith, this is the program where the analogy, the picture we like to use, is where we lift the hood and tinker around in the engine of Christian leadership. And we like to hear from some of America's top Christ followers who are in business and leadership, entertainment, and uh, those those sorts of areas of expertise. And we want to learn how they lead. We want to learn how they live, how they think, how they solve problems, lessons learned, and so forth. That way, it can be an encouragement to you as a Christ follower in business and in leadership. Bill, hello, and welcome to Bottom Line Faith. Glad to be here. Well, you know, we've had a chance to to chat for a few moments off air and get to know each other a little bit, and, and uh, this is a, an amazing story. Uh, and I just want to set the stage for... Uh, you started your company a number of years ago, and there's so much talk today about the only way to success or the primary way to success in America is uh, go to school, get your four-year degree, perhaps go on to get your graduate degree, end up in all kinds of debt, so maybe you can go out to corporate America and get a job or maybe start a company. But there was a different path that God had in mind for you, and you started your company. But tell us a little bit of that story, uh, how and why you started your company.
0: Yeah, th- everything really started for me was – Gave my life to Christ and uh, really thought that I was going to be a missionary somewhere and uh, and I was down in Mexico, and the ironic thing I was down there helping to build a, a college and my job was to install the a light switch and electrical outlet in each of the dorm rooms and so and as I was doing that, I got one morning and I was praying I just said, Lord, how do we reach the pe- these people in Mexico with a gospel' Well, if you've ever been to Mexico, there are uh, people living beside the road in cardboard boxes. And so as I prayed, the Lord gave me a word. It's never really happened like this before. The word was communications. And I said, hmm. So I got up the next morning, prayed the same prayer, got the same word again. And it was so strong that I went, Lord, I don't know really what this means, but I'm going to get in into communications business. So I was a chemical engineer at the time at Auburn University, came back from that, changed my major to electrical engineering, and the whole idea was to be in the communications business. Now, since I thought I'd be a missionary, I thought surely I'd be in Africa and I'd be in some radio TV station, you know, an engineer helping get the gospel out. But within a year the lord had me school and work at the same time working for a company called Executone and so and i was installing phone systems writing software billing long distance phone calls all kinds of crazy things having a lot of fun and the short and sweet of it is is that i found myself having more customers and more needs and i had time for school and study so i remember going to my professor jim johnson telling him i had to audit one of his classes because I'd gotten behind. Uh-huh. And uh, and he was like, whoa, what are you doing? And when I told him, he obviously could see what was going on and he got upset with me and then I just was broken hearted and I went and laid before the Lord and I went, God... What's going on? And the Lord opened my eyes, lifted the veil, and said, this communication. So this is before the breakup of AT&T. In June of 1983, I remember doing a pros and cons list of why (laughs) I should finish my college and why I should start the business. And when I got done, on the college side of the list was all vanity you know, and what I needed to run this business really was all being written right then and I had to go to seminars and get certified on products. So in June of 83, I dropped out of college. Uh, with about three and a half years of college and changed my major a couple of times. So I was behind, but that's when I started my business in my mother's basement. (laughs) So that was how it all started with the goal of taking the gospel to the business community because I was a missionary. So my goal was, hey, I want to be a part of taking the gospel. And the Lord just redirected that to go to uh, the business world instead of, you know, India or Africa.
1: I love that story, and I love those kind of stories about God just speaking and, and uh, hey, I'm just going to do this, right? I'm just going to obey and start this mm-hmm. company, and so now you're 34 years into this. Yes, and oh, yes. uh, what do you think? Is it going to work out? <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it. I love it. That ride. is fantastic. Well, take just a moment and and, and share with our audience just uh, briefly what it is that your company does.
0: Okay. Slappy Communications started out, you know, servicing, installing new phone systems. But then that's morphed so many times I can't even remember. So that's morphed into IT and data infrastructure and firewalls and, and cloud Solutions and hosting servers and, you know, just a host of things and becoming a CLEC and we have several hundred miles of fiber, you know, so we just like do it all when it comes to communications of just meeting, you know, our customers' needs and that's what's really gotten us into so many things is customers have needs and we've said, okay, let's figure out how to you know, solve this problem for them.
1: And we're going to talk about business philosophy and best practices in just a few moments because you have some very clear ones that I think are powerful and, and will be a blessing and an encouragement to our audience. And so the way that uh, we talked a little bit off air and the, kind of the way I perceived it is your company, uh, Slappy Communications, you're, you're, you're headquartered here in Birmingham, Alabama, but you really have a national, infra- in fact, International global impact with what you do is that right
0: yeah that it, it, and it's kind of been neat how the Lord has done that we've gotten customers you know years ago I remember just for feet one of our customers and and we did over hundred installs in every state in the country and and then as we actually you know gave phone systems to missionaries and you know, I remember doing one for Stephen Smith down in Brazil and just we just did all have done all kinds of fun things with ministries wherever they went we went and we just figured it out and now that we have you know the internet and voice over IP it's really made that just, you know, the world is our you know, marketplace.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But you really, at the core, have a heart for ministry in your business. You already shared that it really was your missions background and desire to be a missionary, serving the Lord, was the foundation of the company. So talk to us a little bit about your viewpoint about how business and ministry, how does all that work, and particularly how do you try to live that out? Well, for me, it's, you know,
0: my... My life scripture is Proverbs 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean upon your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He'll direct your steps. So I tell people all the time, I said, I only really know one thing, and that all I know is acknowledge Christ and all that you do. And when I started my business, I just thought about how do I do that? And I remember, you know, the first thing I did was, well, how do I know it's Christ? Well, maybe I should have a Bible study. So we started a Bible study, and I remember went to my employees, and I said, hey, why don't I give 15 minutes, and y'all give 15? So— Everybody came at 7.45 and we went to 8.15 and, you know, obviously start getting paid at eight, but, you know, that was kind of how we did that. We started, you know, and so now, and we started having a Bible study every single day, you know, and we did that for probably close to 15, 20 years. You know, we got so big that we couldn't really do it in that way. So we went to then multiple Bible studies during the week and so forth. But, you know, acknowledging Christ in the business with my employees and later how to acknowledge Christ to our customers and, you know, the products that we deliver to them and our proposals. And so we just figure out how do we acknowledge Christ in every single thing, you know, that we do. We just try to figure that out. You, it's impossible to come to business with me and not get the gospel.
1: Hmm. Uh, that's 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 neat to hear and 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 i I know inside of that there are some challenges, so let me just for a moment uh put my put myself in a seat right now, one of our listeners who's perhaps you're listening on your phone or you're driving along listening in your car, and you're thinking hey that sounds great i I, I think it'd be fun or neat or interesting to have a Bible study or to do ministry things in the business. But what happens if I have to fire one of those employees? What happens if it just doesn't work out? Um, they'll just really judge me. They'll think I'm a terrible Christian. Did you ever have to face anything like that? You know, with these some teammates of yours that you're having Bible study with on Tuesday, that maybe they're just not performing well and maybe you had to terminate them on Thursday. I'm being hypothetical, of course. What's that like?
0: Yeah, that's always been hard for me. It has really been hard. But, you know, I I think that as I get outside of what I think and put myself in their shoes, um, I can never remember a time, believe it or not, that we both didn't come to the same conclusion. Hmm. You know, it's been just amazing because when you pray with your employees and you seek God and you're seeking, you know, win-win-win solutions, God does— Present those. Now, and I'm not saying that things haven't been difficult and there haven't been a lot of tears, you know, but it's amazed me how God has, you know, replaced and moved people on. You know, I mean, I, mean, I had, had a guy that I loved and he had gotten this great job working for Blue Cross. And I went, it was a great job, but I said, look, you can't leave until you replace yourself, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I remember us just getting down our knees and praying. And the next day, God brought somebody in that we interviewed that was this great fit. I'm like going, Lord, you are so in control, you know I mean I, at the time at the moment I was scared, but the Lord has been faithful, and it seems like every time there's been a big turnover i've always said let's raise the bar, God bring in somebody that can help us all grow more and and' it's, that's what's happened
1: powerful and and along those lines um you know, we, I interviewed dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of Christian business owners and leaders over over the years. And, and in What We Do in Truth at Work in our roundtables, we talk about these challenges we have uh, with underperforming employees, bottom line. And the one thing, Bill, that we see over and over again is we, we tend to want to hold on to them too long. We want to just give them another chance, give them another chance. And the other thing we don't do is we don't communicate as clearly as we should. What I'm hearing and what you're talking about is it sounds to me like the communication lines have been open. You've been transparent with folks. And then if there are no surprises along the line, it's like God speaking to both of you at the same time. And I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but that's what I'm hearing. Would you say that's kind of been the way you've handled things as Best you can.
0: I think that is the most important thing in business is to make ha- set expectations. You set your customers' expectations. You set your employees' expectations. I'll give you an example.
1: That's great. By I though.
0: had a I had a, an employee that was late to work, consistently late to work, and this was agonizing. Went on for probably a month, and I remember you know letting that person go, saying, you know what. You know, I've done all I can do. You've got to be here at this time. And remember letting that person go and hired another person. And within a month of hiring the new person, guess what? They were late to work as well. Hmm. And I went, God, what's going on here? And as I sought the Lord, the Lord said that I was the problem. You know, and I went, okay, God. So I had to redefine what it was that I needed the employees to do. And they need to understand so they understood the urgency of being there at 8 o'clock. You know, so it was a shift. So there's why there's where you're letting your employees know at 8 o'clock we have service calls coming in. And if you're not there, then those phones are unanswered. You know, And therefore, our customers don't get the feel that we're here, the confidence that we're here for them, and we can serve them. So I think whenever employees aren't performing, most of the time it has to do with they don't understand why that we're asking them to do what they're doing, and we have to tell them. I'll give you another quick story. I remember – I was pushing to get a customer installed, and it was it was a Hillcrest Hospital. It was a big install, installation for us, probably 15, 20 years ago. I can't remember when, but I remember as I was pushing on, I want to. Like all the employees, Bill, just chill out. Why do we have to get this done? And I somehow, or another, couldn't articulate the importance of that. Uh, businesses need to generate profits. Finally, I took one of my employees, <laughs> you know, John Arnold, and I brought him into the conference room, and I said, John, I said, let me spell, spell it spelled out to you. July 31st is our year end. If we cut Hillcrest, we'll have the profits to make a 401k contributions. If we don't, we won't. And he said, Bill, I got this. He took me out. He took me out. They worked all weekend, Saturday and Sunday. It was a great cut. Customers, still a customer day. great customer, you know. But it was. I had to tell him why that, that was so important and how did it— Pertain to, for me to just say, hey, we want a good year and profitable, may not necessarily be the same motivation as, hey, I want to make contributions to 401k and I'm going to need these profits to do that with.
1: I love that. And as I'm listening to that story uh, and tying in the biblical principles of business leadership, I'm reminded when Jesus talked to his disciples and he said, look, uh, I call you friends. I'm letting you in on the business. I'm letting you in on the inside track, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a secret to you uh, what we're about here. And so I think that's a great leadership principle there for you as business owners and leaders that uh, to share the not only the what, but why. Why does something need to get done? And that's what Bill's talking to us about uh, here on, uh, as far as uh, setting expectations. Folks, this is Ray Hilbert, your co-host of Bottom Line Faith, and we are talking with Bill Slappy, the CEO and president of Slappy Communications in Birmingham, Alabama. Bill, by the way, h- how can we find you on the web?
0: Uh, slappycommunications.com.
1: And that is S-L-A-P-P-E-Y. E-Y, communications.com. And so let's let's kind of transition a little bit. I want to talk about, you, you said something a couple of moments ago about some best practices and and uh, a winning expectation for your customers, but it's beyond just a win for your customers, right? Tell me more about some of the best practices that you have implemented in leading your company.
0: Okay. i, I probably got about three or four best practices. First of all, I want to go back to this battle that we fight, okay? And the battle that we're fighting is is that we want to give the best value to our customers but remain profitable. And we also want to be merciful but we also want to be truthful. So there's this battle and it looks like a tightrope. If you can just imagine you're walking along the tightrope and you're putting on one arm, you know, we're going to do it right. And the other arm is that we're going to do it on time. And you can see that we're going to struggle. And if we do it on time, we're probably going to be profitable. And if we go over time, we're probably not going to be. And so that's the struggle. Well, when I realized that my employees actually are on that different sides, some customers or some employees that that are all about the customer, and other employees are all about the profit. And I was when I put when I when I put this big banner on my wall, okay, on my wall, and it shows this tightrope, and it shows this balance between you know value and customers, and then profitability. You, and, and at the top of it, it says. The, this is a complex problem that we have in business. All the us's and them. Sales goes and sells something. Why did you go do that? It's wrong. And da 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 da. All this, you know. And ultimately speaking, the end result is the cross is the solution to this complex problem. We need each other, and we need to find that balance. So that's the most important thing I think that I do is I bring my um, employees into the conference room on a fairly regular basis when we have a conflict and go, let's recognize where it is, and let's embrace that the struggle is good. It's good that we struggle about maximum value for our customers, maximum value for our employees. It's also good that we struggle with profitability. We have to exist. So that's one, you know, thing for sure. The other principle, you know, that I love to talk about is you have to define who your customer is. And here's what a customer is for Slappy Communications. It's someone who has a problem that they need to solve that they cannot easily solve. Otherwise, we're just a commodity. That's pretty clear. Okay, they, they have to, so, so we're looking for customers to have problems. So here's what happens is, at the end of the day, it has to be win for the customer, win for Slap Communications, win for the employees. If it's not win, 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 win.
1: Win for your employees. Yes. Yes, okay.
0: Win for the customer, win for the company. Then they're not a customer. When a customer is asking you to do something for less than what you can afford to deliver to him, they're not a customer. You know, so there's so much release in that when you go, oh, you know, you draw the line in the sand. Here's our profitability. You know, if you, you know, want me to do it for less, then you're not a customer. And so freeing my employees up and letting them know, and it kind of goes back to the expectations. You have to be a good enough at business where you know where your profitability mm-hmm. is. You mm-hmm. know where your gross profit percentage is. You know how many hours a day you need to bill. Those kinds of things. And if you don't do those things, you're not going to be profitable. So there's the, you know, the the win, 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 win that you have to find. And you And it amazes me the number of customers when I actually say, here's where I'm profitable, here's where I'm not, I'm not sure whether we can do business or not. It amazes me how many times the customer moves the line. They move me into profitability. We quit fighting about it. You know, I have to be profitable, and if I can't be, then maybe you're not a good customer for me. Maybe we don't have a match. It's amazing how you quit fighting when you identify those, but you've got to be a good enough businessman to know what that number is. Yeah, yeah. You know, the other thing as far as best practices, and I told to a men's group I was talking to this morning, you know, I said, if, if, if you took me, if you, if you made me an atheist, took me back in time when I started my business, I wouldn't do anything different than what I've done because I've learned that God's principles work. And here's the principle that I've learned works. Loving your customer as yourself works. I mean, it just does. It just does all day long. And I think it's like going the extra mile. And I've got a story for this that's so cool. Um, you know, it always feels like it's the extra mile. I mean, it's just the way the gospel works. You don't share the gospel the first mile. You just don't. You know, customers have to see you go the extra mile. So I remember I had a customer called Saunders Trucking, and I'm you know i get this phone call that they're having this problem and so forth down and I, and so i go down there and it's midnight by the way and this is back years ago when you know when i was pretty much it, starting the business and as i remember going up there and um and i'm just beating my head up against the wall trying to solve this problem and i find, and i and i just pray i went lord you drug me out of bed at midnight to come down here <laughs> To solve this problem, and I can't solve it. And I'm just praying and saying, Lord, show me what to do. And I look across the room, and, I, and, and this guy, I think his name was David, was sitting in Driver Central, and I said, I don't even know what I'm going to do. All right, fine. So I just let go of my problem. I went over there and started talking to David. And it wasn't long before we were talking about marriage and kids and life and difficulties of life. And an hour later, he prayed to receive Christ. And I remembered at that point, I was like, "Okay, God. Sometimes you're not causing me always to solve the problem that I can physically see in front of me. You're actually you're you've allowed a problem to get me out of bed so I can do your work. You know, I can't even remember what happened after that point because that was the most important thing that That's had happened." Powerful. You know, that God had gotten me out of bed and and had moved me to that place. And so it was at that point I just said, Okay, Lord, you're in control, you have my schedule, I'll do it your way, and when there's conflict or problems, I'm gonna look for the opportunity to share Christ.
1: I love that. And and it just means that God's at work, and uh, His ways are higher than our ways, and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. As you were talking about going that extra mile, I'm reminded um, uh, uh, from Chick-fil-A, we learned uh, from the CEO of Chick-fil-A, Dan Cathy, their entire business model is based out of Matthew chapter 5, and they call it moving from transaction to relationship. And what they did, Bill, was they, they their average ticket price is about $6.50 in, in their restaurant uh, business, and so 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 they went out and they studied other restaurants whose average ticket price is about $25. And they came back and said, What can we do to provide a $25 experience? at a $6.50 price point, wow. going the extra mile. And they yeah. call that movie. So he said, that's why when you go into a Chick-fil-A, you see flowers on the table. And when it's raining, they're coming out to get that mom who's escorting their kids inside the rainstorm. They're putting an umbrella over their head and walking them in. And that's why they just go that extra mile. And that's really what you're talking about. And that's a deeply rooted biblical principle. So you said that even if you had been an atheist all these years... These biblical principles work, don't they? Mm. Regardless of whether or not we understand the source of them. Would you agree with that? Yes, amen. Uh, believe it or not, we're, we're getting near the end here. Man, this, this 30 minutes goes so quickly. I wish I had much more time with you today. It, it, is there... Um, well, here's a question for you, Bill. Think back. What's the biggest mistake you've made in business and what did God teach you in it? it may have just tricked you with that one.
0: Well, you know, I would you know i i'd have to say pride is all is at the root of the biggest mistakes that i've tried to be smart enough and strong enough and um and so i you know learning to lay that down you know before the lord has been you know the, just continuing to say i'm wrong i mean i remember one time in my company where that you know i had gotten you know I I was behind the scenes, I was using words like stupid customer and idiot, you know, and I was calling, uh, frustration. Yeah, yeah. And the Lord just, you know, all of a sudden I started that, started to permeate through the company and went, uh oh. So I remember pulling all the employees together, 50 employees, and I said, okay, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. We will not do this anymore. We will never call a vendor or a customer an idiot or stupid. We're taking those words out of our language. And I said, it starts with me. And I said, Hmm. and so I confessed that to the whole whole company. I said, I'm going to hold you all accountable. You hold me accountable. But we're going to say we have opportunities, not problems. Okay. (laughs) And so that was probably... Really humbling for me to just stand up there and go, because I, I was using bad language to describe vendors and customers that wasn't edifying.
1: And as the word says, it was coming out of the depth of your heart, right? Mm-hmm. The word, a man's words reflect what's the depth of his heart, and so that's a great lesson learned. And and I'm sure that somebody listening to this program right now needed to hear that. I know it's a good reminder for me as well. Well, Bill, uh, we are at the tail end, of my goodness, I just. have so many more questions. I've been encouraged and inspired by our conversation today, but we have a little tradition here at Bottom Line Faith. And uh, we have a a question that I call the 423 question. You were mentioning earlier your life verse is out of Proverbs, right? So Mm -hmm. just right right after your life verse in Proverbs 3 is this verse in Proverbs 423 that Solomon writes this. He says that above all else, guard your heart for from it, uh, determines the course of your life. What comes out of your heart is is what needs to be guarded. And uh, I always take a little bit of time to explain because we have some first-time listeners on every interview. And so I, I always take a little bit of time to explain that uh, Solomon is described as the richest, wisest man to ever have lived uh, through biblical times. And uh, he's gave us all these incredible pearls of wisdom found in the Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and so forth. There are some biblical scholars that believe these may have been among Solomon's last words that he penned, almost his deathbed um, commentary, that maybe he might have gathered his family, his friends, and his loved ones, and he's gathered them around, and he's saying something like, I've given you all this wisdom. I've given you all these principles to live by. Now, above all else, I know all that's good stuff, but above all else, guard your heart, mm. right? So, so Bill, let's let's just turn the clock forward. We don't know when that day will come for any of us, but let's say it's at the end of your time, this side of eternity, and you have an opportunity to gather your family, your friends, your loved ones, the people who are most precious to you, and you get a chance to give your above all else advice. So, Bill, above all else.
0: Well, this is a verse that I have memorized, okay, and I love that, but to me, above all else would be acknowledge Christ in all that you do. Um, I, the, it, for me, acknowledging Christ protects me. For me, acknowledging Christ directs me. As I acknowledge Christ, I love on people and I do things that I wouldn't normally do. So as I ponder that question, how do I acknowledge Christ? Because when I made this my life verse— I remember the last part was, and He will direct your steps. So I said, well, I have no idea where I'm going, what I'm doing. If God will direct my steps and all I have to do is acknowledge Him, done. Deal. I made a deal with God. I will acknowledge you in all that I do and let Him worry about where
1: I go. So Bill's advice to us is above all else, acknowledge Christ in all we do. Well, folks, this has been another incredible edition of the Bottom Line Faith Program. I am your co-host, Ray Hilbert. Uh, Of course, you can learn uh, more about Bottom Line Faith and listen to our other um, interviews at BottomLineFaith.org. Also, if you're a Christ follower in business and you're interested in tools and resources and encouragement about what that can look like uh, to be a Christ follower in your company, uh, perhaps you may even have interest in learning more about our Truth at Work roundtable programs, check out our website at TruthAtWork.org. That's TruthAtWork.org. So, Bill, as we wind up, uh, any closing words that uh, you'd like to share with our audience? has been incredibly fun today
0: have fun just serve the lord with fun and find find the fun in everything that you do because to me sharing christ acknowledging christ helping people in their businesses helping families is a lot of fun and so that's what i would say look for the fun in what what god is doing in and through you bottom line faith is a production of truth at work
1: If you'd like to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of new episodes, just enter your email address on our website, bottomlinefaith.org. Download and subscribe through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and
0: SoundCloud. And you can download and listen to every Bottom Line Faith episode at bottomlinefaith.org.